Hey everyone, I'm Jesse Sparks, host of the new podcast, The One Recipe, from the team behind The Splendid Table. This pod is all about that one recipe that you lean on. The one you share with friends, the one you make when you need a little love, and the one you know will work every single time. Every week, I talk with chefs and gifted cooks from all over the world about their one and the story behind it. We're here to help you build your kitchen library one dish at a time. Follow The One Recipe wherever you get your podcasts. The world is a dumpster fire. I'm Amy. And I'm Grace. And we want to fucking help. We're comedy writers in Los Angeles, so we're taking those bad news lemons and making them into lemonade. (laughs) We talk about cultural moments we love. Talk to people we adore. Crushes we have. And self-care we stand. During these trying times, we all need a show that focuses on joy. This is The Antidote. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Antidote for another week. Yes, we're so happy to have you. And just a quick reminder before we get into everything, don't forget our live show is coming up Saturday, November 12th at 7.30 p.m. at Union Hall in Brooklyn, New York. Yep, doors open at 7 p.m., like she said, and you can purchase tickets now at nycomedyfestival.com or at the link in our show notes. And actually, our guest this week, London Hughes, she's performing at the New York Comedy Festival, too. Yeah. So if you're feeling nasty, go ahead and buy tickets for Friday night as well, and you get to see London Hughes. She's hilarious. Fall in love with her in just a moment on this episode. Yes, definitely. It was a fun conversation. But, Amy, we wouldn't need the antidote if we didn't have something to get an antidote from. Starting now up top with our bummer news of the week. Well, guys, I read on Vice recently that there are all these wild things coming out from FBI's 40-year investigation of Aretha Franklin. 40 years! I, I didn't even know that they were investigating her like that. Apparently, the FBI file shows the singer was under investigation from 1967 to 2007. Wow. Mostly because she was politically outspoken and was friends with MLK. They thought that her performance at MLK's funeral could start a revolution, and they were nervous about, quote-unquote, Black militant power. Jesus. It's literally nuts. And I I literally, I'm like, FBI, ain't you got no cartels to deal with? The 80s came and the crack ed- epidemic was here and you're like, let's investigate Aretha still? Like, y'all are so weird. Like, I mean, I you know what? It's always so profound to me how afraid people are of Black people loving themselves. You know what I'm yes. saying? Like, literally, Aretha Franklin, Come on. she was like a singer, an artist. You were so scared most talented. that she was going to whip us up to, like, I don't know. Respect ourselves? I don't know. What you want, baby, you got it. Like, I I, I don't know what. <laughs> what she, she got? What what does baby, what does she have? <laughs> Black people can't want to uh, respect, uh, you know. RSPC, what? <laughs> this, this, this whole country is, is built on uh, us not respecting them. Yeah, yeah. this is very disheartening. And the fact that it went on for so long. That's what I'm saying. They're weird. I'm like, y'all weird. Why are you so obsessed with her? Yeah. Why are you so obsessed with her? I mean, you know, it, it, it's very, very, very disturbing. And God only knows what they're who they're investigating now. You up on you in Beyonce's business? Leave her yeah, alone. Like leave, you you up in Jay Z's business. <laughs> like it just seems so bizarre that they would do this. But I guess I'm glad it came to light because. Once again, the United States has proven that you guys are too obsessed with Black people just existing. So I guess we got to keep fighting. 
Weird. Yeah, I mean, we're going to keep fighting. We have no other choice. But that's not the only bit of bummer news. Also, NPR is reporting that hospitals have been raking in profits while patients struggle with medical debt. Mm-hmm. Um, the quote says about a third of the 100 million adults in the U.S. with healthcare debt <sighs> owe money for a hospitalization, according to a poll conducted by the nonprofit Kaiser Family Foundation. Close to half of those owe at least $5,000, about a quarter owe $10,000 or more. Medical debt is crippling and forces people to make difficult choices. And to me, this is a bummer because when capitalism gets greedy around human life, I want to tap out. Like capitalism ain't what it's supposed to be anyway. It's not what it's cracked up to be. (laughs) Like we're all out here just struggling and working on 9,000 Zooms a day and getting really tired. And then on top of this, when we get sick from the jobs that we have to do to survive in this economy, there's no support financially or medically. I mean, I'm I'm one of those crazy people that thinks that we should have universal health care. Uh, <laughs> <wild>. So <laughs> this is, of course, very disturbing to me. I mean, I even remember Obama talking about on the campaign that like the last moments of his mother's life, she was like worried about yeah. like all the money that she owed. I think I that... We just need to do better. I don't know what this situation is. I keep voting for Democrats and... I mean, they have the problem. And they're not doing shit. So I don't know what else to do. I mean, it's sort of one of these huge, giant issues that you kind of feel powerless against because I don't want anybody going into debt because their child is sick or their grandma is sick or their mother is sick or they're Mm -hmm. sick. It's Mm -hmm. really, really sick. I mean, and frankly, I you know, have an ex who passed away very young in his life from cancer. And, Mm. you know, part of the reason he didn't get treatment sooner was because he didn't have insurance. I mean, it's fucked up the way that this country treats human life as a part of the economy. Yeah. So um, I don't know what to do about it, but uh, it's very wrong. It's It's a complete bummer. Yeah. So after discussing this bummer news, how are you feeling, Grace? Not great. How about you? You know, pretty shitty. Okay, well, (laughs) let's get into this antidote then. So this is the segment where we tell you about the culture we consumed and things we did this week that made us feel better about the bummer news. What was your antidote this week, Grace? My antidote, as we have discussed um, uh, before, I am in New York uh, for uh, work. And so I was feeling so stressed. And, you know, I talked about before on the podcast how I was like planning on all this stuff that I was going to do in my neighborhood. But here's the problem. It was the plan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because it, it. it kind of gave me like a to-do list of things that I should do while I'm there. And, oh, here's the best thing and best thing. And so... This week, what I did, or this last weekend, I should say, I can't do anything during the week. It is very busy (laughs) for me. But last weekend, what I did was I just picked a coffee place that I Mm -hmm. wanted to go to. A tea place, really. Uh, Let's be real. I don't drink coffee. But Mm -hmm. I decided to get my tea and wander. So I'm in a new neighborhood. So you just got a cup in your hand? Yeah, it was so lovely. The the weather was cooperating. So I just took my tea and I was like, you know what? Let me just walk down this street. Oh, okay. Let me, what should I make a right or a left? 
oh, okay, I'm gonna make a right. And like, I discovered so many new little gems in my neighborhood and also just people watched and enjoyed being in a new place. So just like wandering with a cup of tea, listening to a podcast. I was listening to our friend, Nicole Byers podcast. Why won't you date me? We love her. And um, so, and then also in New York, the leaves are beginning to turn. So um, the leaves are like yellow and red and just seeing them falling off the trees. So it was just like a really lovely fall day. So it was just cute walking around in my Ugg boots in my little jacket with (laughs) with my little matcha latte with oat milk uh, throughout my neighborhood, just having a lovely, lovely afternoon. So that was my antidote this week. That sounds delightful. So um, Amy, what was your antidote this week? Well, it's so crazy that yours was wandering your neighborhood because mine is kind of similar. And it's like the L.A. version of yours because mine was wandering by car. Um, a couple weekends ago, I was at a wedding um, for one of my closest friends. And um, as I was leaving, um, it was sort of in Malibu. Uh, it was north of L.A. And mm-hmm. when I was coming back, um, the directions, I was taking the 101 back. And uh, there was a moment where my directions said to exit the 101. And I had this instinct in my head. I was like, but the 101 is the way, it's the way I drove here. It's the way I go back. Like, why would I exit? Well, I don't want to exit. And then I was kind of like, you know what? Let Google Maps lead you. Because you know, there are times when you know your route and Google Maps tells you to do a thing and you're like, nah, Googs. And I'm like, this time I was like, let Google Maps lead you. And then you end up in uh, like an hour of traffic. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So I was like, it's about to be morning rush hour. I'm going to listen to Google Maps. And the craziest thing, it took me this weird route on this street called Los Virginis Road, which I had mm. never been on. And along the road, it's so green. It's trees everywhere. It was go- There were hills. There was fog. There was just like, like slow driving, like no way to move fast because all the cars are just lined up perfectly on this road. And then <laughs> it led me all the way to the one and I got to drive down the one and look Aww. at the ocean as I was driving home. And For me, when I came to LA, I remember when I first moved here, when I didn't know my way around, I would wander by car because I wanted to learn different neighborhoods. And this, even though I had Google Maps, Google Maps told me where to go, but it gave me that same feeling of like, let me take the pretty route and just see Mm -hmm. what happens. And I'll eventually wander back home. And that's exactly what happened. And it was the most beautiful drive. And I wouldn't have taken it had I just, I knew the way home. I put it into Google Maps just to check traffic. But had I just done it my way, it would have been just random traffic back to back, bumper to bumper on Mm -hmm. the 101. And then because I went this other way, I got to see all this beauty to start my day. And it put me in such a good mood. So that was my antidote this week. I love that both of our antidotes are kind of like wanderlust. We just kind of like went, walked around and or drove around and saw pretty things. Oh, I love that. I agree. Well, if you guys tried any of our antidotes at home, like wandering your neighborhood or taking the scenic route home, share them with us using the hashtag That's My Antidote or leave us a voicemail at 833-684-3683. Again, that's 833-684-3683. We'll be back after the break. Okay, welcome back to The Antidote. We have a very special guest today. Who is it, Amy? 
Our guest today is the first British Black woman to be nominated for the Edinburgh Comedy Best Show Award for her comedy special, To Catch a Dick. Catch it on Netflix, y'all. She also was featured in Sex Unzipped, hosted by Sweetie, and The History of Swear Words, hosted by Nicolas Cage. Well, shit, motherfucker, goddamn. She also created, wrote, and starred in her own YouTube comedy series, No Filter, and her dating podcast, London Actually, is available on Spotify. Please forgive me for disrespecting you. Please welcome... Four-time Guinness World Records holder, London Hughes. Hey, that was beautiful. Hey, hey. I love that intro. I love it. Happy I don't know what, what possessed me Listen, to do an accent. The accent, you know what? Some Americans do it and it's terrible. But you, Thank you. you've got the gist of it. It Thank sounded good. Okay, London, um, can I show you my British accent? Of course, please. I will close my eyes okay. to get yeah. it so I can... Fully, all my senses are like locked and loaded. Go. Okay, I'll say, I'll say, welcome back to The Antidote. We have a very special guest today. Who is it, Amy? Is, is that good? That was Do you right. know what? That wasn't bad at all. <laughs> yes! Listen, I've I... heard some shockers. Like, I've heard, hello, hello, hello. Tea and crumpets. What's happening? But you're, you, like, Grace, top tier. Very impressive. <laughs> Thank you, guys. So well done. So I'm saying you could bag a British Bay with that, 100%. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? I wouldn't mind it. I do love uh, you guys' accents. Um, yeah, so. and we love yours. And that's a crazy oh, thing. Oh, that's what's really? nuts. It's like yeah. we talk and I sound, it's like just like oh, my potatoes rolling around in a bag. I'm like, who <laughs> no, wants to I hear love, this noise? I love a black American accent. Like, mm. it's just sexy. Yeah. Like, if a man's like, hey, ma. And I'm like, yes, sir. Oh <laughs> what my do you God. want with me? I'm in. What First do of you all, want? I, I, hey, Ma, what we finna do, Ma? What we finna do? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what we finna do, but, but I'm in. I would love it. I would love to do whatever. <laughs> I would love to finna do whatever you want to finna do. So, yeah, I love it. That's so funny it. because honestly, that was what happened the first time I went to New York as an adult mm. or whatever. Like some dude on the street was just like, yo, what's up, ma? And I was just like, Ooh. marry me. They're literally like, what, like, what? Like there's something about New I've never even been to New York, but New York guys, there's something about mm-hmm. their swagger yeah. that's just like, please, would the, just come, like, just please just grab me, me and just. Take me and take me away. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love your country. Oh, it's wow. amazing. Thank it's you. Amazing. We, uh, you know, sometimes we don't love it, but... <laughs> Look, I mean, you know what? It's like, if I can give African-Americans perspective, I will anywhere I can. I'm just like, yeah. your country is epic. I know, it, I know it feels like it isn't. <laughs> but I used to want to be an African-American so bad. Mm. Like, so badly. I was obsessed with everything American and I wasn't the only one. Everyone, yeah. every black person in Britain had an obsession with black America wow. since they were born. So, yeah, I was very jealous of all of your childhoods. I am jealous of all of it. Like, the fact that you grew up, grew up watching black people on TV... <laughs> I'm like, wow. The first black woman I saw on TV was American. So yeah. I, used, as a kid, I used to think to get on TV, I had to be American. Mm. So that's why I moved here. Because from a young age, I was like, well, I want to be famous. I want to be on TV. So I have to go to America. Because yeah. the first 
black woman I saw was Aunt Viv, black Aunt Viv, Janet yeah, Bieber. Yeah, yeah, she was, yes. the, first, she was yeah. the first black woman I saw mm. on TV. She's got American accent. And the music I listened to, it was all American from TLC, Destiny's Child, Aaliyah. It's all American. So then, yeah. and what I'm wearing, Sean John, Rockerwear, baby mm-hmm. fat, American. Yeah. So as a British person, we love you guys. You guys. Aww. We're obsessed. That makes me happy. Well, like when you say you love African-Americans in particular, because sometimes yes. our own country doesn't love us. So yeah. that really, that, that really, yeah. uh, that really touched my heart. Exactly. No, I, I, I think African-Americans are exceptional people. I'm yeah. glad you love african I mean, I agree with you. All right. So, so you're very, very impressive, but we aren't here to Thanks, talk about babe. your many, many, many accomplishments. Okay. We're here to get deep London. So. Okay. Let's check in first. Okay. How are you feeling today? Like, for real, not small talk. Is there anything weighing on you in life? How you doing? So, I just went through a traumatic experience this morning. Wait, what? Oh. So, yeah. So, basically, oh, no. I woke up, got ready to go to yoga, walked out of my building, and there were 20 police cars and two <sighs> police helicopters. What? In the sky. Oh, my yes. God. And uh, apparently, there was something going down in my building. <gasps> I had no idea. I came out with my hands up like this. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my I God. I was so scared. Yeah. And uh, I I think I'm on CBS News. <laughs> I'm not even to Oh, my God. I'm not God. Even Because there was a lot going on. There was a lot going on. Do you know uh, what it was? Uh, I think someone in my building had somebody hostage. That's what the police <gasps> said. With a gun with arms. Yeah. And so... That was a lot to take in. That was my first hostage situation. That's a lot. Um, I've never heard a gunshot before, so in my life. Yeah, so whenever, because you're from England. I'm yeah, from England, yeah. So whenever yeah. there's like police involved or guns involved, I'm very on edge. So luckily I went to yoga and I never stayed it out of me. But it was Ooh. a very intense morning yeah. to wake up to. But the police were really nice. They were really sweet to me. And yeah, and I got out of the area. I couldn't go back home. Oh. After yoga, I had to go to a friend's house because they were oh still they were, were still, still a hostage that. situation. Wow. But then when Jesus. I got back to my street, it's like nothing ever happened. Sun's shining, dogs are out. I was like, <laughs> did I dream that? Did I dream it? Because wow. everything's gone. Police are gone. It's beautiful. Everything's fine. And I live in a really nice neighborhood. So I was very confused. But yes, that was yeah, the No, that's America in a nutshell. That's it's America just yeah, like nutshell. terrible things happen. And then it's just like it never happened. Like mm-hmm. it yeah. never happened. And when I told my friends at yoga about it, they were like, yeah, no, it's normal. And I was like, that's normal? My yeah, mom yeah, and dad have normal. both rang me from the UK oh, <laughs> to make sure God. I'm okay. Because yeah. they're very like anxious. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I was very anxious. But apparently, hostage situations and like police, armed police outside your house with helicopters yeah. is normal. No, I'm cool. It's pretty LA. common here yeah. in Los Angeles, yes. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. wild. <laughs> Grace had a situation, I still remember, there was an active shooter in her grocery store. Yeah, Crazy. so what happened was I was on a meet, I was on a Zoom call and literally I was uh, over Zoom and I hear pop, pop. Then literally I get a text from my friend who used to live in the building and is still on the building chain. She was just like, stay in your house. There's an active shooter in your building. And I was like, what? But it turns out it was the boyfriend of someone in my building, wow. but it, he did it in the parking lot of the grocery store that I live near. So yeah, he shot some woman in the face. What? Oh! I, I was looking on the news, on the local news, to see if anybody would cover it. And it was literally a five-second story or whatever, like, deep into the news. How does that make you feel? Because I feel like mentally, my mental health is affected by living in a country yeah. that has yeah. 
active shooters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Isn't that great, London? Yeah. Uh, I, I literally feel it every day. And, and ever since Buffalo in particular. 100%. Like, whenever I see a white man with a backpack, I'm just like, what's in there? Yeah. What do you want? Literally, Grace and I were at dinner like a couple nights ago. And this random white man in cargo shorts like came in a side door. And I... I was like, why is he walking in the wrong entrance? And I was like, oh, this is trauma. It's American trauma. Yeah, see, this trauma. is, this is <laughs> so I don't have that yet. Yeah. Um, and I'm yeah, just scared that I will start to have that. I was chatting to my dad about it because he has friends from America that live in Britain. And uh, they were talking about a time when one of the American friend, one of them was like mm-hmm. out at a pub and um, a car backfired. And like he dropped to the ground, and yep. everyone at the yeah. pub looked to him like, "What are you doing?" What are you doing? <laughs> like, because yeah. in England, that's no one's got. If you hear a loud bang, no, no one in Britain will drop to the ground because we're yeah. not yeah. used to that. That's just the how the naivety that we have in the UK. But yeah. that's something that's trauma that you live with in America. Yeah, keep keep that as going as long as you guys can. Yeah, and honestly, <laughs> honestly, that bit about trauma is exactly why we started this podcast. So, London, what's your antidote? In other words, what's something non-work related that's bringing you joy this week or this Ooh. month? Uh, I went on a date. Oh, oh, ah! <laughs> Do you know what it is? I go on dates often, and I like guys. I'm that girl that can love. Not love, like really quickly. Yeah, I'm, like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm obsessed, and then I can yeah. just drop them just like that, just as uh-huh. quick. I'm, yeah. I'm uh-huh. like that girl. I'm like all or nothing. And um, in relationships, I feel like there's a flower and there's a gardener, and so mm-hmm. yes. I, am, I, I am always obsessed. say that. I there's always say that. There's a flower and a yeah. gardener. I'm a fucking flower, and okay? I'm a flower, I'm a but flower. I have gardening tools because you know I'm, I'm very yeah. successful, and yeah. I have my own mm-hmm. place, and I have yeah. I have my own career, and I'm and I can garden. Right. So I've just been gardening. Yeah. These dudes and helping them grow. London. And that's the problem. That's the problem. I'm the yeah. flower. I'm the flower. Girl, I'm... literally, this is what got me into therapy was realizing I was like, I thought I was a gardener because I have gardening tools. Yeah. And then you my the therapist tools. was like, um, have you met you? <laughs> like she's like, Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're a flower. <laughs> you're a flower. Yeah. You should be watered. Your yes. mulch should be should be moist. Massaged. <laughs> massage. Moist. Massage like, my mulch. <laughs> massage your mulch. Like you're a flower. And so because we've got gardening tools, a lot of women mm-hmm. become gardeners. Then yeah, they're, no, un- yeah. they're unhappy, no. they're unsatisfied, and they're wondering why they're not. It's because you are a fucking flower yeah. and you have been gardening. And mm-hmm, so I met yeah. this guy and he is a gardener. Done yes. Water is better. Let yourself be. Let's He's massaging that soil. Massaging the mulch and till the soil. Water Let's go. Let's go, Let's go baby. So I'm very happy about that. Excited about thrilled. that. I love the idea of an antidote being like letting someone treat you to a good time. Like I'm like, come yeah, on, that's an antidote. That's honestly, it's a great form of therapy to just have someone. Just really like love on you, and I know it sounds yeah. shallow, especially as really black is. women. It's oh, just not like shallow. Extra yeah. self care, baby. Like it no. really is self care, and I feel like as black women, we do just take everything on ourselves. We work yeah. really yeah. hard. We we bear the brunt of so many things, and we're just like, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll just get on with it. We'll just get on. I with can it. do it, yeah. Because the world mm-hmm. is cruel to us, so we yeah. we we're, we're toughened to the world. But right. sometimes you just got to realize, I'm a baby girl. Mm-hmm. I'm a little yeah. baby girl. Yeah. And I need looking after because I'm a exactly. little baby girl. I and I need yeah. a strong man to come and look after me because sometimes yeah. I'm a baby girl. And so yeah. last night, 
I was a baby girl four times. Yeah. <laughs> get it in. You better. Um, but you know what? I, I do have another question for you. <laughs> so in Amy's intro of you, she talks about your world records, your Guinness you Book World yeah. Records. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. could you just fill our listeners in like, girl, how you have four? What are they? Girl, Let us know. Four. I love how you said, girl, how you have four? Okay. <laughs> this is how I have four. Basically, I figured out that if you do a world record for something that hasn't been done before <laughs> or has only been attempted once or twice, you can yeah. easily break it and end up in okay. the record books. So I, I have that. world records for the most stupid things. So I have <laughs> one for the fastest ham and cheese sandwich made blindfolded. <laughs> wow. Oh Power. Wow. Number, got the plaque. I'm in the book. Page eight. Let's go. Let's go. Get the book. I'm in the book. And then I've got one for the most bangles put on a wrist in 30 seconds. I've got oh one for gosh. the uh, tallest paper cup tower made in a minute. Wow. Oh, my God. And I've oh got the final one is for the tallest tower of hats worn on one person at one time. I need that photo. Wow. You had to balance them on your head. I can find the photo. You had to balance them on your head. And on top of that, you had to keep it there for like a minute. If any of the hats dropped, you lose the record. So I'm like, <laughs> but I did it. I won't tell you what the height was because I don't want people to go and try and beat them. But yes, yeah. I yeah. have four. And they give you the plaque and you, you get in the book. And yeah, it's a big deal. Oh big deal. I've got more God. Guinness World Records than Usain Bolt. I am. I am a unicorn. I'm one of one. My uniform is unicorn. Not the only yes. one. I'm one whip, of one. Okay? I'm the only one. Only whip, one. Whip. 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 That's right. Whip. Whip. Where did you get the idea to, like, try to break world records? Yeah. So, so in my past life, I was a children's TV host. And I was, like, the face of this, this kids' channel, like Nickelodeon in the UK. And part of it, was one of our jobs. We would present the show, we'd do sketches, we'd do that, and then we'd try and break world records. So I've attempted like 20. I've broken four. Oh my gosh. <laughs> there has to be something that like isn't in the Guinness Book of World Records that you have done, Grace, or that I have done that could actually be. 100%. A There's world silly record. things like the fastest time to get in a sleeping bag. Like that's a world record. Yeah. I what about the that. fastest time closing a dating app? Because that, 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 that one would be. <laughs> That, hey, you know what? That one I win every day. I have day. done it in, literally downloaded it, edited it, put up all the pictures, deleted it. Deleted I've it. Done yeah. that. I've done, done that, that shit. It's hard out here. It is hard. But what I love about you, London, is that you even went out and found a date and you were like, I deserve an upgrade and you found it. And yeah, I realized yeah. you said something recently. You said that you reached all of your goals in 2020. And now yeah. you know that you can do anything. Yeah. I want to know more about that. How did you unlock this confidence? Do you know what it is? So I used to get bullied a lot. So this version of me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is like Pokemon. You know, you've got like yeah. the, the Char Charmander, Charmeleon, yeah. Charizard. Like I'm yeah. Charizard now. You're Charizard. But Charmander <laughs> me was definitely insecure about my looks. I got, I, I really cared what people thought of me. So I would bend mm -hmm. over backwards uh, for, for other people. And yeah. I put so much weight. Whatever they thought of me, I put so much weight. And I didn't realise that people just project. So, like, mm -hmm. if someone didn't like me, I thought I was a problem. It's like, no, no. 
they are the problem. If they don't mm-hmm. like you, that's their problem. That's not your problem. And I didn't yeah. realise that. So I was really trying to make people like me. And I was living with these girls at university and they, I'm 18 at this point, 19. And they mm-hmm. all bullied me. And it was so traumatic. <sighs> and they were just like, mm-hmm. and they were black women as well. And it's just, it's sad because I love black women. But sometimes yeah, yeah. we can really turn on our own and be our own worst enemy. And at the time, I thought I was a problem. And then I didn't realize now looking back on it, I'm like, oh, I was so awesome <laughs> that just yeah. me being my authentic self yeah. rubbed these girls the wrong way to the point where they yeah. had to express it by being mean. And like they would do stuff like mm-hmm. I used to work at TGI Fridays. Yeah. And uh, I was studying at university and doing 12 <laughs> hours shifts at TGI Fridays. Damn. And I would come home and there'd be a house party in my house that I'm not invited to. And they what? would make me sit wow. in my room. What? And, not, and I wasn't allowed out of my room while they would oh, have a party jealousy, in my house. Baby. That's and jealousy. And then yeah. they would leave all the washing up for me to clear out and the party. Why? Why was up. that your responsibility? No. Did you pay this rent? Leave, mm, no. Why? How did they make they the would theory? Because they could. Because they could. Oh, and they would just like leave it out my, outside my bedroom door or they would just leave it for me to do. And I'd be like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. Like, oh, Well, to me, just, it's so clear that they saw the light that yep, is you yes, and it, yep. fright, it frightened them. Frightened them. And so oh. they're like, I have to crush it. I have to to stomp it out yes. before it gets, yeah. And mm-hmm. I was just a shell of, I was like, the inside me was just like, I'm fine, I'm this, I'm that. But outside, yeah. I just was scared of doing the wrong thing all the time because yeah. I just didn't want these people to not like me. And then I started doing stand-up. And when mm-hmm. I got on stage and got my first, laugh authentically as me that gave me the validation to be like I don't need this I'm fine just the way I am and the confidence came after that after doing stand-up I became a new bitch I don't even know that old girl anymore I was like I can make strangers laugh I can go to it on stage and make a room full of strangers love and laugh at me Mm, like come on let's go and so after that I never looked back and so I had goals that I'd set myself my whole life and some of them were small, some of them were big, but they all kind of involved my career and my life. I was like, I want to live in America. I want to, I want to have a Netflix special. I want to, I want to have my own TV show. I want to have a movie. And these are all things that happened in 2020. All of them. And I remember just getting to like September 2020 and being like, London, you're in a global pandemic and you Ooh. sold a Netflix special, a movie and a TV show. Okie dokie. Yeah. <laughs> um, you were going to do everything. That's amazing. <laughs> you don't even live here. You're not even from here. You've just yeah. moved to America. I moved to America in February 2020, two weeks before Tom Hanks got COVID. And I achieved a lot that year. And I yeah. just realised that like, you know, when it's for you, it won't go it's by for you. you. Yeah, that's true. Now that I know that, I'm unstoppable. You know what's Amen. so beautiful? I'm obsessed with that. And it's also so beautiful because a year when we all had to go inward against our will, we all exactly. had to go inward. Mm-hmm. You exactly. were able to keep tapping into the truest you. And that's what brought yeah. your success. Thank you, Amy. Honestly, like the wildest time of my life was when Kevin Hart flew me to Las Vegas to meet mm. him. And I mm-hmm. literally was like, this man does not know me. All he's yeah. seen is my talent. Kevin saw me do stand up and was like, mm-hmm. she's amazing. And I remember when he flew me out and I was just like, I have been, my whole life, I have been that girl that has been overlooked. We're Black women. We've all been overlooked. We've all been in a situation where we felt we weren't good enough. 
Being mm-hmm. a black woman in the white man's world of comedy in Britain was just yeah. failure every day, rejection every day. I was day. always told that I wasn't funny. I was always told I was an acquired taste. I was always mm. told I would never do this and I would mm-hmm. never do that. I remember my own agent. I was like, I want to be big in America. And she was like, you're not even big in England. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, <laughs> How dare she? Fire <laughs> How's she feeling now, though? <laughs> yeah, where's she, she feeling now? She's still there. She's still my agent. See? Oh, and that's oh. a thing. She look at the end of the day. She apologized. She she. I no one had done it before. She used to mm. look after like Russell Brand. Russell Brand was big in the UK. Then crossed over to America with get, uh, cool Sarah, forgetting Sarah Marshall yeah, and blew yeah. up. So that was the method she knew until London Hughes came along. No one had done that. No one had been big in in comedy. Had been big in America before yeah. being big in England. First, before being until yeah. me. Mm-hmm. So I remember just like flying out. To Vegas, and he sent me a card. Card came flying out to Vegas, first yes. class. Get to Vegas, and the guy's like London, and get in the Escalade, and the uh, yes. and get to my hotel, and I'm in a suite, and I'm just like, what? This is my life. Wow. This is yeah. reality. These are things that I would write about in in my diary, or things that I would ma- try and manifest, or dreams. And I'm like, no, this is my truth. And That's Kevin truth. was like, what do you want, London? And I was like, I want to be comedy Beyonce. And he laughed and he was like, okay, listen to this. Get on my train. I'll be the train driver. I'll drive you to stardom and you'll be comedy Beyonce. Wow. And I was like. Oh my God. Wow. But honestly, London, can I just say, (laughs) lucky us. You know what I'm saying? You're right though. You're right though. Lucky us. Because, you know, if you hadn't been able to break through all those boundaries, we would have never gotten to see you. So lucky us that you were able to do that. I mean, if I listened to everyone in Britain, I wouldn't. But my gut and my heart was like, nah. And I literally was like, if I go to America and it doesn't work, at least I tried. Like The plan Mm -hmm. was to work my hardest, break down Mm -hmm. those doors and just really just like really throw everything at it. Yeah. And I got to America to break down the door, but the door was open. And they were like, yeah. eh? come in. <laughs> come and I was on just in. like, oh, really? And then I just remember it was a global pandemic. I'm in Vegas with Kevin Hart, spent the day with him, talking about my career. And he's like, I want to produce your Netflix special and I want to produce your movies. And I want if you movies, TV series, we're doing it all. We're doing a takeover. And I remember just thinking yes. like, this man isn't my uncle. This man doesn't know me. This man doesn't owe me anything. And he sees value in me. He doesn't even know me. So mm. what was I thinking trying to bend over backwards for my friends at university yeah. who I genuinely loved and cared about when stranger, a stranger man who's worth 300 million on the other side of the world saw yeah. what I couldn't see, what I saw in myself, what other people kept telling me wasn't there, you know? And so... <laughs> yeah. She's like, you never know where your blessings come. And he's one of my blessings. Kevin Darnell Hart changed my life. And now my yeah. confidence is through the roof. But you know what? But it's but what you're talking about is so important. And, you know, I'm I'm glad that you're talking about it because I think people need to hear it. I think it's that you're in charge of mm. letting your sparkle show. Yeah. Mm. When you found your sparkle, it wasn't when Kevin Hart saw you. Your sparkle was already there mm-hmm. because you decided to take the reins off of yourself and really show up authentically as you. Mm-hmm. So ed- anybody can do that. Yeah. Any, No matter even if you don't want to be in comedy or if you don't want to be in this business or whatever, I don't blame you. But 
anyone in their life, just really show up authentically as yourself. And the world needs to see it. And like, yeah. stop shrinking. The moment you know? I stopped trying to be something I wasn't, that's when everything happened. Because before, you know, I we all go through phases. We all try and be a sure. thing. Yeah. The moment I just mm-hmm. said, fuck it, I'm just going to do me. That's when I wrote to Catch Dick. Edinburgh Comedy Festival is the whitest festival in the world. It's every <laughs> August it really in Scotland. Comedians from all over the world go there to perform stand-up every day for a month. And yeah. it's so white. And I remember being like, should I do a show to try and appease them? Like, And all the mm-hmm. white men there, they were doing a certain type of show, which is like very posh comedy. And most mm-hmm. of the guys that get nominated, they are from Cambridge University and... You know, mm. they're very this week, like this. And it's like, I have a joke about my dad. And ah, 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 <laughs> aren't your parents funny when they do this? Ah, ah, ah. Mm-hmm. And all the girls, uh, the, a lot of the white females there would be like, oh my God, I am such a quirky white female. And I'm going to say anal. <laughs> and that is comedy. And so I was like, should I be like them? And then I was like, no, I'm going to do a show about dick. That's what ended up getting me nominated. So I was like, oh, just be myself. Yeah, do work. yourself. Do you. They said it's talk crazy. about what you love. self-care what do you do for yourself um so I have like duvet days where like I literally just will not leave my house or leave I the bed and Whoa. yeah it's duvet um it, I call it bed piece so like uh <laughs> mm. when Yoko Ono and John Lennon just sat in yes, bed, <laughs> yes. and then Janae Aiko and Donald Glover recreated that for a music video they did. And I think the song was called bed piece but I have bed piece where I literally I'm in bed I eat pizza in bed. I watch anything Ooh. and everything. Real Housewives, Beverly Hills, Real yes. Housewives of Atlanta, Real Housewives of Potomac. And I just like, just do me, just veg out love and just that. not care. And then I've also started doing hot yoga as well. I bloody mm-hmm. love hot yoga. Oh, I love hot yoga. Oh, it's so good. And afterwards, yeah. you just feel so much better about yourself. And so mm-hmm. I do that. And then, yeah, having as much sex as possible is self-care. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I like to... Find a dick, catch a dick, sit on a dick. They're all things that I enjoy. Spit on a dick. So spit on a dick. I'm there. The seagull uh, is what I'm famous for. Watch my special if you, if you don't know what I'm talking about. The seagull. But, but basically, yeah, I, I feel like it's really important to, to put you first. And I think mm-hmm. in life, especially as black women, we work really hard and we try and, yeah. you know, you can't, be combative. You can't be divisive. You're a black woman. Well, you don't want to get the stigma of being the angry black woman. So we mm-hmm. we spend a lot of our lives going, yeah, sure, that's fine. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can yeah, work sure. with that. I can yeah. work with that. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, sure. And like, that gets tiring after a while. So some right, days yeah. you just got to be like, no, I'm going to do me today. And that's yeah, all that yeah. matters. And, that's and so, matters. yeah, they're my happy, they're my self-care days. Um, Oof. Yeah. I'm obsessed <laughs> with duvet days. I have never done that. And you know what? I'm going to try it. Yeah, try it. I have to I have to incorporate this into my life because I have to yeah. be honest. I tried it a couple weeks back. I did it and I got, I was like, I'm not doing anything. I need to make a list of things to do. And I, I no. failed is what I'm saying. I failed. And so I need to do it for real. I'm going to have to just switch off. Day. Like switch yeah. off. Don't it try and do anything. And a lot of my best ideas have come after duvet days. Because you yeah. literally just, your brain just switches off 
And then like something happens, you'll watch something and get an idea and get inspiration. And yeah. because you're not worried about anything yeah. else, it just comes naturally. Because mm-hmm. I don't like to force anything. Don't mm-hmm. force it is one of my mottos. I don't force friendships. I don't force jobs. No. I don't force anything. Don't force and sometimes it. when you're just in this natural state, that, that, there's a, I call it the butterfly effect. So there's a saying, and it's this gardener uh, was trying to catch a butterfly and he's in, in the garden and the butterfly's like flying around and he's got his butterfly in it and he's swinging and he's missing and he's sweaty yeah. and he's hot and he's out of breath. But if he just stayed still, the butterfly would eventually land on his nose. Yeah. And that's how I feel about life. I want the butterfly to land on my nose. Yeah. So That's just so stay cool. grounded, stay still, and the butterfly will land on your nose. And literally, it's worked in every in career, in love life. I feel just, this. Yeah. I need this lesson. I needed this. That stay still and the butterfly will land on your nose. I mm-hmm. feel like that is so true. Like Ooh. sometimes the answer is when you just Nothing. like walk away, just answer. do some self-care and it comes to it you. Comes so to you. It comes and to you. And yeah. it's always when you like when you let go, that's when it's yours. Yeah. That's why they have that mm-hmm. saying, let it go. And if it comes back to you, it's yours. It's yours. Every time I've gone, oh, I don't care about that job. It, I, I get it. Every time. Yeah. But the job that I'm like, I never get those ones. But the one where you just say, yeah, I'll just do this thing. And then it's mine. And that's how I feel about life, dating. You, Whenever you want to buy an outfit, when you have money, you never find what you want to buy. But when you don't have money, that's when all these clothes you want to buy and everything is here. But then if you just relax, and whatever, you're not even thinking about it. You're like, oh, there's a cool outfit. Oh, I yes. can get that. Mm-hmm. That yeah, is just, yeah. don't take the pressure away. Take the just pressure Just take the away. pressure yeah. away. And so, yeah, the butterfly effect is really good for creatives if you just want to get out of your own way. Yeah. Um, ah, London, I feel <laughs> so much better now that we've talked to you. This has been amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. thanks, babe. I'm, I'm I do. Too. I Come feel on. like you were supposed to give me the purpose. I know. You. you really helped me. <laughs> I like that. I, so much of that just hit so close to home. I was like, I needed this today. I was crying in therapy. Yeah. I was like, how oh, I'm too busy. And now I'm like, here we go. You need a duvet day. You need some bed peace. Duvet day, bed peace. Let it come to you. And it will. That's the craziest thing. It really yeah. will. It really yeah. will come to you. Do you have anything um, coming up that you want to tell us about? There's anything so like many plus? things that I can't even... God damn, tell. So like every, I think two of my movies have been announced, but they, I don't even know when they're coming out. But I will just say, watch my Netflix special to catch a dick if you haven't. Yes. Um, uh, it's produced by Kevin Darnell Hart. It changed my yes. life. And I filmed it in a global pandemic uh, to mm-hmm. 70 strangers. Most comedians do their Netflix specials to their fans. Because I just mm-hmm. moved to LA and didn't have any fans yet, I did my Netflix special to 70 people that just thought they were going to a comedy show. So Wow. <laughs> That's so cool. The laughs were authentic. And they were dying laughing. Yeah, they were, yes. they were dying. They had it's never such heard a good of special. me. They had oh never God. heard of me. And it was yeah. a big pandemic. And they just wanted to be outside. So, yep. uh, yeah, yep. that was a lot of fun. Watch that. And then look out for just something so exciting that I can't even talk about. But it's, 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 game, it's a game changer. Oh, we're excited. We're excited. And where can people find you on the internet? So the London Hughes on Twitter and Instagram. That's where I'll be. And I announce all my stand-up gigs and everything. Like if you want to see me live, I do loads of gigs at the Comedy Store, Laugh Factory, Hollywood Improv. So I'm about in LA. Um, and I'm doing the New York Comedy Festival in next month in November. Tickets will be announced soon. So yeah, yay. stand by your phones and come see my new special to catch a bouquet. 
which what? is yes i wrote a new show it's to catch oh uk and i'm debuting it at the uh, the new york comedy festival so oh my god oh, i will be tickets, in new york y'all. so i will definitely be there yes, yes. yes. Yeah. it's all about whether i'm here. ready to be a wife it's 10 times funnier than to catch a dick <laughs> it's <laughs> evolution it's my renaissance <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Comedy Beyonce. Thank you so much, uh, London. Thank you, London. Queen. Thank you, for thank having you, me. London. <laughs> whip, whip, uh, whip, whip. <laughs> okay, to close this out, we're doing our creative tap in, which is our segment about creativity. Amy, are you ready for this week's quote? I sure am. Let's go. Life can be dark and horrible. But what makes humans so resilient is their ability to find the light in dark situations. I think it's the only reason why we're still on this planet. And that is by new Emmy Award winner, Quinta Brunson. I'll say it one more time. Life can be dark and horrible, but what makes humans so resilient is their ability to find the light in dark situations. I think that's the only reason why we're still on this planet. Quinta Brunson. Uh, I love Quinta. I love Quinta so much. Uh, I had the brief joy of working with her for like a week right before the pandemic. And um, and I just had such a like comedy crush on her. And obviously we all know her from her online presence and her work at BuzzFeed and all these things. But watching her glow up and become the star creator and like champion of talent that she has on Abbott yeah. Elementary has been incredible. She's impeccable. And Amazing. I love this quote. And I, I remember it's from Essence Magazine um, from the interview, she, the cover story she had with Essence. Mm-hmm. And I remember she says that uh, she felt that it's certainly the only reason Black people are still mm-hmm. here. And I love the specificity of that because it's like, yes, all people need to make light in dark situations. But Black people, we are resilient. As we just talked about with our guest, London Hughes, we are resilient. We have bounced back for days. And even mm-hmm. though sometimes it, it is painful to always have to keep bouncing back, yeah. I think the joy of being Black is that we always have our joy. They can't yeah. take it. They can't yeah. take it. As Beyonce said, uh, they hate me because they want to be me. You know, they can't take yeah. it. So I'm like, Life is dark and horrible, but that's why we're comedy writers. That's why we love jokes. That's why we love each other. And I think that is why we're here, to keep on spreading that love. So I don't know. It's just a beautiful quote. And Quinta is a beautiful person. (laughs) Yes. I also stand Quinta Brunson. And I'm so happy. Like, I literally screamed when she won her Emmy. I was so excited. (laughs) I was like, I won it. Uh, And, you know, I don't know her as well. I've met her a couple times. But um, I'm so happy because Abbott Elementary is such a gift. And Mm. so this quote actually makes me think of Abbott Elementary because mm. literally she made a comedy about a underserved school and she made it so funny and she's able to make certain points about our kind of messed up educational system, yeah. especially that fails a lot of uh, kids of color. She's made these points, but made them in such a smart and it doesn't feel like after school specially. And it's so funny. Like, She's really created something so special. So to make that Mm -hmm. funny, like that is a high level of difficulty. And I think it's what I love personally about comedy. Like all the stuff that I do that is 100% my voice always has some sort of 
medicine to uh, take with <laughs> your uh, yummy cake of comedy. You know, I really love to do stuff that's satirical and stuff that um, takes the dark moments that we have in life and tries to sh- give you a different perspective on it and make you laugh. Um, so I feel like this quote is almost like the essence of comedy, taking the dark and horrible things and making light of it. I think that's the joy of being an artist and also the joy of being alive. Love that. Agreed. Thanks for listening to The Antidote. We hope this injected a little bit of joy into your week. I know it did mine. How about you, Amy? Mm, I feel good, girl. We should do this again sometime. Oh, we'll be here next week. And in the meantime, if you'd like to follow us on social, follow me, Grace, at Gracieact. That's G-R-A-C-Y-A-C-T. And follow me, Amy, at Amy Aniobi. That's A-M-Y-A-N-I-O-B-I. And follow the show at The Antidote Pod. That's the with two E's. If you like feeling good about yourself, please subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Goodbye. And treat me like I treat me. Yes. The Antidote is hosted by us, Amy Aniobi and Grace Edwards. The show's production team includes senior producer Sierra Spragley-Ricks, associate producer Jess Panzetta, and Marcel Malakibu. Our executive producer is Erica Krauss, and our editor is Erica Janik. Sound mixing by Alex Simpson. Digital production by Miju Sayuni. Talent booking by Marion Ways. Our theme music was composed and produced by TT the Artist and Cosmo the Truth. APM studio executives in charge are Chandra Kavati, Alex Shafford, and Joanne Griffith. Concept created by Amy Aniobi and Grace Edwards. Send us your antidotes at antidoteshow.org and remember to follow us on social media at The Antidote Pod. Also, don't forget our live show, Saturday, November 12th. Purchase tickets now at nycomedyfestival.com or at the link in our show notes. The Antidote is a production of American Public Media. See you soon.